Welcome, everybody, to our Community, Our Mission, a podcast of the Topeka Rescue Mission. This is Barry Feeker, Executive Director of the Topeka Rescue Mission. And welcome, Kim Turley. Hello. Who is Director of Volunteers, Events, Media, uh, talking with our media folks and everything else that we want you to do. So thank you. Kim, you had some questions that you uh, thought would be good for updates here on uh, this Thursday, the 20th, 20th of February, 2020. Yes. So, I mean, some of you probably heard a week ago today, um, we had a meeting at the mission um, with some individuals from Tent City. Um, Barry, how do you think that meeting went and what kind of, what what was the reason of that meeting? Yeah, you know, um, um, we have had a growing homeless population uh, east of the Kansas Avenue Bridge here in Topeka um, that started a little over a year ago. Um, coming from about 15 to 30 people and those people all got housed and then it began to grow over a period of um, uh, this last year mm-hmm. to where it actually, uh, something we'd never seen in Topeka, Kansas, for a camp that was as large as 130 estimated people that were there. Wow. Last summer, um, the uh, Burlington Northern Railroad, um, that is owners of a significant piece of the property there, had come in to talk to the campers that uh, this was private property and uh, they were not going to be able to stay there mm-hmm. uh, in the future. Um, that caused uh, some action and some um, uh, response. A number of the campers thought it was going to be that day. Yeah. And so private property trespassing. And so some people left the camp and went other places, but uh, the railroad did not do anything in regards to enforcing that. They just mm-hmm. wanted people to know about it. Um, so uh, some time had passed, and uh, the camp uh, has been, oh, not 130 this winter, but it's been somewhere around the 60 to 70 range of number of people. We have been um, actively going into the camp with the Topeka Rescue Mission Street Reach Program, co- uh, coordinating with Vallejo Mental Health Behavioral yeah. Health Care's uh, program for outreach to the un- unsheltered homeless and also law enforcement and other agencies yeah. to try to assess where people are. Good relationships have been developed with a uh, very challenged population of people mm-hmm. that suffer from addictions and mental illness and just basically feeling like there's no hope in life. Yeah. And so mission's been very full, not uh, that uh, we wouldn't ask them or invite them in, even though we're very full. If we have any room at all, we have a no turn away policy at the mm-hmm. rescue mission. Um, the city has been very good to allow us to put cots on the floor um, to be able to take as many people in if we don't have a bed for them. But also this is a population that doesn't do really well around big populations. And so um, when we have 250, 300 people in the mission, this is very challenging for some people, as it will be for most of us, that to be in a big, big area and you're homeless and you don't have a place to go. So all that said, (laughs) that's kind of a little history there. Yeah. Kind of catching us up to um, uh, the uh, law enforcement uh, in Topeka notified us that the railroad, Burlington Northern Santa Fe, as well as the Union Pacific Railroad, which also owns a significant port portion of this property, um, we're going to take steps to then enforce the no camping um, mm-hmm. private property ban on this area. And so um, we wanted to alert the folks that are currently residing in the railroad properties, as well as the Topeka Rescue Mission has some property there, not much, but some that there's some campers on, that there was going to have to be some changes coming yeah. along. So we uh, sent out some notices and we invited them in a week ago today for pizza uh, <laughs> in the dining room. And out of about 60 or 70, 30 people came. And uh, we had our um, law enforcement uh, sergeant uh, with the Peak Police Department, mm-hmm. Sergeant Clam, who's a great, great partner with us. Yes, and he definitely. spoke to the folks about here's what we know and here's what we don't know. 
at this point. Um, there has been a uh, tentative date sent that uh, campers would have to be off the property by March the 2nd. Mm-hmm. That's not hard at all. Okay. Um, I had an opportunity, and just kind of uh, going on side note, to visit with the Burlington Northern Santa Fe uh, yesterday. Um, and it was a really, really good meeting. And um, uh, these are not bad guys. No. Um, they want the best for everybody um, involved here, just like we do. And, and so we'll talk about, you know, some of the reasons of this yeah. in a minute, but back to the, the meeting that we had mm-hmm. a week ago today, we passed out surveys asking people, um, how long they've been homeless, um, what their desires were, if they couldn't be on that piece of property anymore, mm-hmm. um, how we could basically help them. And it wasn't just the rescue mission doing this. It is a number of different agencies coming together in the community that are saying, what's a better way to help yeah. the folks that are intensity. The, response on the part of the 30 who were there was very good. Um, uh, we wanted them to know um, we care about them, yeah. that they are all valuable people, and we want to help them. They may not be able to reside on someone else's property um, going forward, mm-hmm. but what can we do to help them to reside somewhere where they're safe? Yeah. Well, and I, I had the opportunity to sit in on the meeting, and there's definitely, uh, I mean, they were upset, obviously. I mean, you're getting displaced and having to find some place. And one lady's like, we're not bothering anyone. Why do we got to move? And there was kinda, that one. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then the other one goes, well, where are we supposed to go? Um, so where, I mean, where are they supposed to go? I mean, we, that's a mm-hmm. big question. <laughs> so that is a big question. And that's why we are meeting with multiple different organizations that have possible solutions to okay. this. Um, one of the questions we asked, do you have family somewhere in another part of the community or maybe the state or the nation that you would like us to help you get to? Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's just a you know, people will get stuck in a community. Maybe they came to Topeka for a job. Maybe they were on the Greyhound bus and they ran out of money. They don't even have a dime to make a phone call. I guess you can't make a phone call with a dime anymore. But anyway, <laughs> dates me. Uh, but uh, whatever. I don't even do they have pay phones anymore. I don't know. We anyway. have one. We have one in the mission. Still. We do. I think it's a quarter. <laughs> I show it off on so, our tours. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Still, it's a it's an antique. Um, but uh, anyway, point of all that is, is we would help them potentially to be able to relocate. Yeah. And when I say we, a group of different individuals coming yeah. together and organizations saying. What can we do to make this situation better? Mm-hmm. So we don't have all the answers to that yet. No. But also we believe we have some time here to help people to look for a better option. Definitely. Um, I mean, are we, so what if people decide not to leave and what, are they going to stay on our property? I mean, I know there's those questions that are way up in the air still. Yeah. So so the um, the reality is that there there's two kinds of property that um, we're looking at here, private and public property. Uh-huh. Public property is what is owned by governmental entities um, that has sometimes certain restrictions on it, um, like a national park. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of properties that are within a city that aren't owned by private owners um, pretty much don't have regulations at all on them. So constitutionally, um, the um, civil liberties um, uh, that we all enjoy in this uh, country um, would indicate um, to some people in their opinion that you can actually um, reside on a public area um, and put your tent or your lean-to or whatever if you're homeless. Mm-hmm. Other people would argue that that's not a liberty. <laughs> um, but uh, at this point, um, it does appear um, from decisions that have been made at higher court levels in the United States, 
uh, not the Supreme Court. They've not they've refused to hear it up to this point. Uh, but um, that it uh, you cannot make homelessness illegal on public property. Yeah. Topeka City Council um, again in the last several months has been analyzing: Do we uh, ban camping on public property or not? They determined that we should not do that because mm-hmm. it is considered a liberty. You can't outlaw being homeless. You can't mm-hmm. penalize somebody for being homeless, which I think that they're correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they also had a limited restriction on it, and that was you can't camp in areas where it's not safe to people themselves or structures such as a bridge. And mm-hmm. so a year ago last December, we actually had the Kansas Avenue Bridge catch yeah. on fire, and it cost a lot of money to fix that. Yes. And it was deemed this is not a safe place to camp because of a situation like that. Bus shelters were restricted um, within 10 feet of business owners' um, doorways that are adjacent to a public or a, a public access like mm-hmm. a downtown sidewalk or whatever. They can't be in those areas. But by and large, public property um, in most areas, unless it's a safety issue, people can camp on. And right. so when we say camp, that's kind of the word we use, but they can reside on it. There are also some other issues that go into play with that um, is health. Um, oh, so yeah. what happens if there's trash all around? Uh, what happens if there's human waste or other things that are going on or any illegal activity that's going on? You can't do those things on public property. Mm-hmm. And some of those things do occur. So that's public property. Private property, like the railroads and the Topeka Rescue Mission property, um, it doesn't have the same protections for people. What it has um, in regards to camping, what it... Um, uh, dictates is that if the private property owner believes it's okay um, and they don't have an objection to it, then somebody can camp on their property. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they do object to it, then it is trespassing. Yeah. And then they have to clearly mark their boundaries and they have to say that you can't be here. Um, and then it's up to the, the property owner to work with the local officials like law enforcement to say you have to leave. Mm-hmm. And so, and if they don't, in this case, there will be fines, uh-huh. um, uh, depending upon how they violated trespassing private property, any restrictions are there, any other things that occurred that would be deemed um, illegal activity yeah. in regards to private property's um, 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 desires. Uh-huh. So here's the thing about private property, um, to kind of get to the point here, yeah. is that if anybody is on your property, if you own a home, um, or you're even renting and you have renter's insurance, or you have a business, or you have a piece of land, it is the responsibility of that owner to protect the people on their property. Yep. That's why we have liability insurance for our homeowner's mm-hmm. insurance and those kind of things. Even in a car, when you're driving somewhere, if somebody is a passenger and they're in your car, mm-hmm. you need to have protection for that in case they get hurt. And so the question is not just about what's private and what's public, but what about responsibility? Yep. You know, Are we adequately taking care of people and making sure that they're safe. And unless we can do that, then we're being irresponsible. So Tent City has grown and grown and grown. And nobody's really known what to do because we don't want to be, you know, punitive to people. We Mm -hmm. don't want to kick them off to somewhere else. We've really attempted to do everything we can to reach out to them Mm -hmm. in in a way that we would say, hey, there's possibly a better way for you to live life than this. And so, but we haven't been successful by in a large part to the bulk number of people that are in this situation. So I think the railroad is doing what they have to do. Yeah. They're either going to have to come in here and improve this area and make it a campground mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, like a KOA or something like that. And uh, they got a lot of property around the country and yes, that's not do. what they can do. So if they can't be responsible for it and they can't protect people on it, then they have to say, no, you can't be here. Additionally, homeowners, property owners, 
then face the reality is that they don't take care of the property and somebody does get hurt, then they're liable. Mm -hmm. So now we get into the money and the lawsuits. Topeka Rescue Mission has been analyzing this. We've been allowing people to camp on part of our property. I think out of the 60 or 70, we have about 15, Mm -hmm. maybe 20 people on our property. Um, We um, realize that if the railroads, when they do say no more camping on this property, that people would gravitate to our property. So we've been kind of in this situation. Can we adequately take care of them or not? And we have deemed, we've got 250 to 300 people in the mission every night. Our first responsibility is to take care and make sure that they're okay. We have uh, over 2,000 people we shelter every year, and and we all know that there are uh, tens of thousands of meals that are served and all kinds of other services. So that's our first priority Mm -hmm. is to make sure that we're being responsible with that group. If we don't take care of the unsheltered homeless that's on our property, and there is a uh, situation where someone would get hurt and there is a lawsuit, it could compromise the entire Topeka Rescue Missions oh, yeah. operation. Yeah. And we could possibly not be here any longer, especially if we couldn't get insurance anymore. Exactly. So I think that those those are things that we need to consider, and we mm-hmm. are considering it. And so we're now still working with the city, working with the railroad, and working with the unsheltered homeless themselves to say, this probably is not going to go on mm-hmm. much longer in regards to here. So then the next question is where yeah. and how. And so that's, uh, that's a question that is, is going to have to be wrestled with because that takes resources, that takes people coming together. And I think now is a great time that we say as a community, who are we and what are we doing with people this disenfranchised mm-hmm. from healthy, safe way of doing life? And uh, it's not just about freedom. It's about being responsible as a community to help those who are really needing the kind of help that they need. And so we've got to work fast now. Yeah. If the mission's full or people don't want to come in, I mean, they can still go to public property somewhere in camp. Um, we're never going to make a suggestion where they go <laughs> because that's, a, that's, a, that's an issue we don't want to get into. But they can do that. Um, but uh, what can we do to improve their situation and say, you know, there's got to be a better way than somebody having to put a bunch of sticks together and tarp over it and mm-hmm. sleep on the ground and wonder where their next meal is going to come from, and wonder about diseases. That was a big issue this summer was there were diseases that were occurring in this camp because there was no way to wash your hands. There was no place to go to the bathroom. We did get some facilities for them there. It's better than that, and that's what we're going to have to face and say as a community as well as the communities around the country. Mm -hmm. Are we willing to face this difficult, difficult situation that we um, didn't used to have this happening, and Mm -hmm. now it does? What are we going to do about it? Well, and a good question is, how do we show love and peace in this time, too, as people are getting displaced as a community? It's not just TRM or the other partners with us, but as a community, how do we wrap around them and show love and peace um, for these individuals? I saw a comment on Facebook um, about those people. They're not those people. This is our community. That's right. And like, we can't look at them differently. These are our community. These are our neighbors. We have to show them love and we have to do peace in the same time, too. We really do, and I think that's really comes down to the the crux of it. Uh, we can talk about policies all day long, mm-hmm. um, but until we see the individuals that we are encountering as individuals, exactly, um, we're never going to get there. And uh, one of the things I, I have really been impressed with, and it blesses my heart, is to see a police officer or a mental health worker or a street reach person, uh, Topeka Rescue Mission personnel, have a conversation with tent city individuals Mm -hmm. and they know each other by first name. And there is a good relationship there. 
National statistics say that it takes about 70 positive contacts um, before a chronically homeless person will trust you enough to receive any kind of different services other than you just bringing them food. 70 positive contacts. I had a conversation with our uh, deputy chief of uh, Burlington or Santa Fe yesterday, and he concurs with that. Mm -hmm. I understand they've got hundreds, if not thousand camps uh, all over the country that they're working on right now to try to help the communities and be responsible. And they said, you know, what he, what they did say from the railroad yesterday, it, things are looking pretty good in Topeka in regards not only to the numbers, but how we approach this. Mm -hmm. So respect and love and care and not those people, mm -hmm. you know. Um, these are not bad people. No. These are people that have had bad things happen to them a lot. Why do we want to compound bad? Why don't we see what we can do to help them um, in, First of all, it starts out with loving them and, and them being able to trust us and us following through mm -hmm. with what we said we would do. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I, I had the chance of just talking with a couple and I, I mean, the Hope Center just had their boiler replaced and so we had some hot water and I mentioned something about not having hot water for a day or so and one of the ladies next to me goes, we don't even care about hot water. We just care about water. Right. Yeah. And so, I was, so it kind of cuts off your conversation real quick and you're like, and so then I just kind of talked to her for brief moment just asking her how long she's been out there and it's hard for them to remember exactly how long they've been out there because mm -hmm. there's no record of time really mm -hmm. um and so it just it's just crazy you think that it is like going into a totally different area when we i mean i've been in topeka for almost my whole life um and so when you just turn the corner it's just like a totally different area oh, yeah. when you see that it's like where are we at now exactly <laughs> and so and it, it was i mean it's just eye-opening for people they just don't the people just think they're just out there just camping all the time. So, you know, I think the hot water example that you gave is really good because from a policy or a budgetary decision, mm -hmm. if it was just about water, we could have saved $20,000 on that water heater. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it cost about 20 grand. And that's a load of money. <laughs> yeah. But we just didn't want them to have water. We wanted them to have hot water. And that's the question. Do we want them just to have a place to live or do we want to have them to have a place that has safety and it has as best comforts and, yeah. and some of the things that a lot of us just take for granted. Exactly. You know, water heater breaks down. We go put on a credit card and go get another water heater. You know, these folks don't have a credit card. They don't have another place to go. And so as a community and donors, thank you donors, oh, yeah. uh, to help us to be able to buy a new water heater mm -hmm. that took what, a couple of days to install. And we had to rearrange where people are getting showers. We had some options to bring them into a different shelter to yep. get them showers and work all that stuff out. Uh, a lot of us just take that for granted, but not this exactly. crowd. And, and and we could just say, well, okay, there's a porta potty here. Here's a hand washing station. Sorry, it's frozen in the winter. Too bad. Uh, no, it's got to be better than yeah, that because definitely. we all really are a community. And we want to make sure they understand that they matter too. They and, matter. Yeah. yeah. We keep talking about that, don't they? Exactly. They matter. <laughs> so, Kim, thanks for the good questions here today. And, and this is just an update. More to come. There are ongoing meetings, a lot of people coming together. We wanted you to hear a uh, little bit more of the way and, and the how and, and what's going on. Don't think we'll probably see people leaving by March the 2nd. Don't think that's going to happen. That's a little bit too soon, but eventually it will happen. And we want to make sure that as property owners, we're responsible and we want to make sure that we are protecting people and doing the very best thing for them. Thank you yeah. for supporting the Topeka Rescue Mission and listening again today. If you're interested in supporting the mission, you can go to trmonline.org and you'll find a way to give and also more information about us. If you're carrying your phone around today, you can go t text TRM give to 77 
877-777-9777. That's TRM Give to 77977. There's an app right there for you to be able to do that. So thank you for listening to Our Community, Our Mission.